everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I forgot to mention last week that the Little Bit Podcast has now been online for one year. Woohoo! Yeah, that's right. One whole year of episodes. So I really appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. Um, if you also donate to the podcast on Patreon, thank you so much for those donations because it came in handy a few weeks ago. I had to buy a whole new um, interface and one microphone had gone bad. So thank you for those donations. They come in handy with the supplies I need to run this podcast. Also, we have stayed consistently in the top 150 health and beauty podcasts in the United States, Canada, Australia, and the Czech Republic, which I thought was very interesting. So thank you so much. On today's episode, I'm going to spill a little bit more tea about America's Next Stop model. I get requests all the time to do more, 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 more juiciness about the show. And I've got some connections from the past, and I have called them all up. And they have told me their deepest, darkest, craziest moments on Top Model. And you're going to hear about them right now. This is the Little Bit Podcast. All right, so let's jump right in, shall we? I will preface this by saying these are all firsthand accounts and stories from people that were there and they worked for the show or they were models on the show, okay? I'm not going to say anybody's names because some of these stories are pretty crazy and I don't want to get anybody in trouble or start any drama Let's just dive right in. <clears throat> First and foremost, as we all know, this is a reality show, right? And what's the main purpose of a successful TV show? Ratings. So that being said, a lot of times things were created to be difficult on purpose. First example of this would be the runway show in cycle 16, where they were in giant hamster balls on the runway. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the heck, right? Yes. Back in my season, I got to wear like 10-inch heels and try to do the runway walk in front of them. And some people were failing miserably. Some people, like me, were amazing at it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It only got harder I heard from a valuable source that this was always the goal of production, was to make these physical challenges harder and harder and harder so that they're almost impossible to complete. I actually was present for a episode of, of Top Model where they did a runway show. They were like rotating circles. So one circle would run, go one way and then they'd have to walk straight and then hit another circle and walk straight as it turned I hope you're getting the visual here, but uh, I was there for that. And that was crazy. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. And I was really grateful that the only physical challenge I, I actually had was either like crumping with a bunch of clowns or walking in high heel shoes. Not only that, but let's talk about the ratings again. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do not have coronavirus, by the way. I know now that my teeth the thing with my teeth and me getting my teeth done was probably the best thing they could have ever done for ratings. And I am more than happy 
to have been that person for them. Because let me tell you right now, I'm very happy that they did that for me. I'm so forever grateful. And it seriously changed my life. So thank you, production company, for wanting to make America skin crawl by watching my canine tooth get pulled out on national television. I will add on to the crumping clown story a little bit. So we were in Los Angeles downtown in the, I guess more of the industrial district right off the 10 freeway where the five and the 10 meet. We were down there on in some on top of some building in a giant warehouse and they had this extravagant set up inside for us. We had an amazing hair and makeup section, a huge, gigantic costume section. We were all in there getting like our hair done. We looked absolutely ridiculous. We were just really going for it. And they did this whole introduction for us to tell us about Tommy the Clown and what crumping was. And they showed us these like, you know, video clips of them. And then when we met them in real life, we were like, oh my gosh. They were seriously like, ninjas so amazing they moved so fast i i tried my <laughs> i tried my best guys to do whatever kind of dances i was doing but um that day I, that's the first time we actually realized how wacky and crazy jade was like she really brought it that day and it was awesome like she's cool i know it looked like we didn't get along on the show and we didn't <laughs> let's be real but she is so fun, guys. She is so much fun, and she's just so unique. If you ever get a chance to meet her, I hope you do. If you ever see her out and about, just go say hi to her. I don't know how she's going to act if you, if you walk up to her and say hi, but she is something. She's cool. Another thing I get asked about a lot is being sequestered. So, yes, we were absolutely very seriously sequestered during this show if we were in the house and the camera guys had not come over yet you couldn't talk the first thing you would do in the morning you'd wake up if you had to go pee that was your only moment of privacy go in take a pee do what you gotta do but you gotta go straight over to the laundry room you pick up what they called the bat phone you said i'm awake and next door, they rented the house next door, and they would come over and put a microphone on you. And then as soon as two girls were awake, camera guys came over. And God bless those camera guys and those audio guys. Because we weren't doing anything exciting. We were just laying there and chatting or reading a book or being silly and getting ready for our challenges. Now, sometimes... As the show picked up steam and things were moving quickly and they moved quick, it was like it was like a challenge, then a day of sleep or travel, then a photo shoot, and then the next day was the elimination. So it moved quick. Sometimes we had to get up at like four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning, and we barely got any sleep. We'd get home really, really late, like two in the morning from the night before. But these camera guys were there every single moment with us, so I, they got just as much sleep, if not less. And they had, they've got some crazy stories too. I will share one that came from a friend of mine who was um, a production assistant at the time. I'm not going to mention her name, but that's all I'm going to say. So because we were sequestered, we 
were not allowed to have any sort of like outside source of entertainment. So no television, no radio, no current um, publications, nothing that was new, like no newspapers, because we couldn't sit there and talk about current events because the show was obviously not going to air immediately. So this girl, she drove us one day. We were going out into the way out into the valley for something in Los Angeles. And we were like, we're just, we wish we could listen to music. Is there any way you could please put some music on for us? And she, she's, I don't know if she had a CD or what, but she pushed play and it was just, you know, the song Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone, as soon as that music starts, you know, you know, every word. So we we were thrilled. We were screaming. We we were like, yeah, a ah, And we just sang it at the top of our lungs. And we had her repeat it. And I'm not joking. I think we repeated it 10 times that day. And she's like, don't tell anybody. And we were like, we won't. But it was one of the rare occasions when there was not a camera guy or an audio guy in the car with us. This barely happened, by the way. And they were really strict about this, okay? We weren't allowed, if we were stuck in a car waiting to go onto a set or whatever it may be, you were in that car. You could not get out to pee. You couldn't get out to, you probably couldn't even get out to like throw up if you were car sick. I, I mean, I don't think we would have been allowed. We would have had to barf in, our, in a bag or something. But I remember one time we were parked outside of a set and I had to pee so bad that they actually drove over to a park and made me use like a park public toilet. And it was so disgusting. There was no toilet paper in there. They literally wouldn't let me go into a building. They made me go to a park and pee in the public toilet out there. Man, they did some crazy, wacky stuff. <laughs> she also told me another story how one time she had to take Janice Dickinson um, to, to the dinner on my season. And if you remember that dinner, they barely showed it on the TV show, but it was a dinner where Janice was kind of talking to us about the industry or something like that. I think I was there. I think I had just got my teeth done and I, w- I wasn't feeling well. There was several different times when we met Janice. She made Gina cry during that lunch dinner. And you know why? It's because she was three sheets to the wind wasted. So earlier that day, this production assistant had taken Janice to look for a location for her new modeling TV show. If you remember that, she dropped her ar- she dropped her off and went back to park the car. When she came back, she had found her in a bar instead, and she made the girl take a shot with her. <laughs> and then they got she she proceeded not to, not the girl, but Janice proceeded to get so drunk that by the time she got to that dinner, she was an absolute mess, and she made Gina cry, which I thought was like. Holy crap, that's hilarious. And I always, <laughs> and now it makes sense because I remember that day. I what? Yeah, I was there because I remember we were at a Korean barbecue place, but they didn't feed us really. It was like a really weird situation. It was more about talking to Janice than it was about eating, if that makes sense. And I remember Janice ripped off her fake eyelashes and threw them into the grill. Like no joke. She She actually did that. And then I proceeded after she left. She left abruptly, but I picked up those eyelashes and I saved them. I saved them in a book and I kept them. And they're actually in my scrapbook to this day. If you care to see them, 
I'll show you. Okay, this next story, I heard it for the first time today, and I am beside myself because I know it's true. So there's a lot of stuff that's left on the cutting room floor. A lot of stuff that will never see the light of day. And if you remember from my last podcast I did about this, one of those moments happened on my season. So we met this gentleman from Vogue magazine who was going to sit there and ask us questions and kind of test us and see how tough we were and how well we interviewed. Before that happened, they had a hypnotist come in and hypnotize us so that when we were being interviewed, it, the gentleman asking the questions would say the key word that the hypnotist told us to react to, and then hopefully cameras would catch this and drama would ensue. Well, none of us were hypnotized. None of us. It did not work. The guy was either a sham or none of us could figure out how to be hypnotized. I actually don't know how it works anyways, but I did not know that no one else was hypnotized. We kind of all went into the back room waiting for our turns and we didn't say anything to each other. We thought, we supposed to like pretend that that happened? So I went in, it was my turn to interview and I sat down and he starts to interview me and he says, blueberry. And, and within his sentence and I thought, oh, that's my word I have to react to. So I got up and I started singing, I'm a little teapot put my hand on my hip and made the little motions and everything. And I kept going and going and going and going. And I didn't stop. And the guy looked at the, at the camera <laughs> and the producers looked at each other and they looked at the hypnotist guy and he goes, oh, and he runs over and he goes, and sleep. And I sat down in the chair and I'll never forget that moment because I know <laughs> if that would have played on TV, that would have been the craziest thing in the world because it was so fake and stupid. I can't even like, I'm so embarrassed that that's somewhere on video. Anyways. Anyways, back to the story I heard um, about what was left on the cutting room floor. So they didn't show this, but they say, my my friend tells me that was there, that the fight between Tiffany and Tyra, when Tyra really went off on her and said, we were rooting for you, was way worse than the way they showed it on TV. And they said, way worse. It was longer. It was more drawn out. It was like, Tyler, Tyra was adamantly and truly upset. So she really let this girl have it. And I guess the girl had some choice words she said into the camera and all that stuff. Anyways, none of that made it to TV, which probably was a good thing. I don't think we would be really ready for that kind of stuff. All right, one of the last stories I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to preface this with, it's a huge, I'm just going to say it's a rumor, because I don't need a lawsuit on my hand, okay? I don't care where I heard this information. Joni cannot confirm, Okay. But we all remember Cycle 2. We remember Shandy. We remember the hot Italian boy. Well, evidently, the cameras rolled on the entire thing. And that footage is somewhere. Now, girl, I hope they burn that footage to a crisp. Because if that was anywhere, and 
the potential of that ever getting out, I would be mortified. Also too, why would you roll on something like that? What's wrong with you? If it's true, that's just so messed up. But the good thing to come out of this story is that all of the girls met someone really great. And I thought that was, that was pretty fun. So going back to my season, stuff that I can speak to honestly, because from, you know, a place of reality, one of the things about Thailand that I thought was so crazy. So evidently, Nina and Veranda escaped the hotel one night. They had been eliminated and they weren't allowed to leave yet to go back to America. And we were somewhere and um, they were at their hotel. And we stayed at this beautiful hotel in Bangkok. And we were probably at the um, elimination site, which was over two hours away. <laughs> and they ran away. And I remember one of our producers got a phone call and they were like, uh, Nina and Veranda have, have run away. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the best story I've ever heard in my life because I think that all they wanted to do was like go get, go shopping or go to get food or something. And can you blame them? Who wants to be in a hotel room the whole time with like no TV? And nothing to do. So that's just so classic, Feranda. P.S. Feranda and I keep in contact. <clears throat> she is a lawyer now. She's killing it. She's got her own law firm. And that woman has, this, this is what she's been meant for her entire life. She was meant to be in this position. She's fighting for others' rights. She's defending those who th they cannot defend themselves. And... I'm just so proud of her. Well, guys, I've got a lot of stories left in the tank, but I'm going to hold off on a few of them. I've been texting with a couple um, higher ups from the top model world, some of them telling me to maybe hold back on a couple of these stories because they're just not sure if they're necessarily the best stories to tell. <laughs> maybe because of legalities, maybe because of possible slander campaigns against me so I'm gonna wait but I will be back as soon as I clear these stories uh, I have so many more to tell you if you have any questions head over to the website www.thelittlebitpodcast.com we'll be back next week with a new episode The Little Bit Podcast is produced and recorded by me Joni Sprague in Orange County, California Today's music is from Spare Parts for Broken Hearts. You can download it right now on iTunes. <laughs>